The Fanny Mechanic Show with Dr. Tash, where we dive in, go deep, and open up about women's health. Hello and welcome everyone to The Fanny Mechanic Show. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Andriatis, aka Dr. Tash, and this episode is proudly brought to you by City Fertility, global leaders in fertility and IVF. In this episode, we dive into the topic of testosterone in women. We go deep with pharmacist Adelta Hahn, who opens up about her knowledge and experience in this area. Adele has been on the podcast before. In 2020, I interviewed her on the role of the pharmacist. Pharmacists are invaluable, and I feel they are a little underappreciated. Perhaps this whole COVID epidemic thing has highlighted how important they are to society. In this episode, though, we don't talk about COVID, we talk testosterone. I ask Adele, what is testosterone? How does her pharmacy approach a woman who has low sexual desire? What are the causes of testosterone deficiency? What are the indications for use of testosterone in women? What are the pros and cons of use? We discuss the testosterone formulation designed for women and its ingredients. I also wanted to highlight that I have no financial or other interest in discussing this formulation apart from informing women of its availability through their doctor. Do you have low libido? Is it impacting your life? I go through a decreased sexual desire screening questionnaire that you might find interesting. Before we dive in, a little bit about Adele Tahan. Adele is an accomplished and distinguished pharmacist who owns and operates Adore Pharmacy in Roselle, Sydney. She is the Vice President of the Pharmacy Guild of Australia, New South Wales branch and a National Councillor of the Pharmacy Guild of Australia. Her articles have been published in journals, reaching over 240,000 viewers monthly. Adele has also worked with CESPIN on the Alcohol and Other Drugs Advisory Committee since 2017. In her daily practice, she compounds medication, vaccinates, and provides opioid replacement therapy to her local community. She has a particular interest in mental health. I hope you enjoy our chat. Adele Tahan, welcome to the show again. Hi, Tash. So nice to be on the show again. And today we're going to be talking about testosterone in women. Um, you as a you as a, a pharmacist, um, do you get a lot of women walking in asking for this? I've never had a woman coming in asking for testosterone. They uh, usually come in um, uh, detailing uh, some natural supplements. Mm. Um, so uh, we have to gather the information from um, those ladies and find out exactly what are their um, medical um, issues that they're uh, needing solutions for. Um, so we've got to ask them about their medical history, their allergies, how long have they had it? Um, what symptoms do they have? Like what symptoms they would like to treat? Um, so the first step would be to find the information um, and to find out exactly what they're after as in solutions. Mm, so and once what, we, mm. yep. So women walk in and say, um, I want testosterone or something from my libido. How do they bring it up? Yeah, no, it's uh, normally we see them wandering in the uh, vitamin section. Mm -hmm. uh, we approach them and uh, we greet them with a smile and we um, say, oh, can we, how can we help you? Um, and then they say, oh, look, um, we, we need some, you know, we've got, um, we're feeling like our sex drive hasn't been the same or we're feeling we don't have as much energy. Our energy level is um, low. Um, and there's a variety of questions we've got to ask when it comes to energy and um, low sex drive or libido. And then um, 
where does it go from there generally? Well, I mean, the first step is once we get the information, Tash, we need to decide whether uh, we can recommend them another the counter product or usually I refer them to a medical practitioner mm. because it may need to have some blood test, um, blood work to be um, examined so we can find out exactly what's happening with their hormone. Um, their estrogen, their progesterone, their testosterone, and their very much important DHEA. Uh, and as you know, when the levels of DHEA drop in the system, um, the body doesn't actually automatically um, have a feedback mechanism to increase it. The only way you can increase it is via supplementation. So you brought up some hormones there. And interestingly, a lot of women don't think of taking testosterone postmenopausally. Uh, often they think of estrogen and progesterone. Um, mm-hmm. But today I wanted to highlight the importance of testosterone for postmenopausal women with a low sexual desire um, with associated distress. So that's called HSDD, so low sexual desire with associated distress because um, at the moment uh, the only evidence-based indication for testosterone therapy for women is for the treatment of postmenopausal women with this HSDD. Uh, mm-hmm. And the available data supports a, a moderate therapeutic effect. Effect um, apparently, there's no ins- there's insufficient data to support the use of say testosterone for the treatment of other symptoms like fatigue or depression, uh, or um, you know high fat mass and low lean body mass or any disease prevention. Um, Hyposactive sexual desire dysfunction, just to highlight to uh, the listeners before we talk about testosterone, um, is basically when there's an absence or marked reduction in desire or motivation to engage in sexual activity. And that can be manifested by reduced or absent spontaneous desire, that is sexual thoughts or fantasies, or reduced or absent responsive desire to erotic cues and stimulation, or the inability to sustain desire or interest in sexual activity once it's initiated. So this brings me to my question for you, Adele. What is testosterone? Uh, Testosterone is um, an androgenic uh, hormone produced by the testes in men and the adrenal gland. And it's also produced by the adrenal gland and the ovaries in women. Um, And when we say androgenic, um, the word androgenic comes from enda, which is a Greek meaning men. Um, and it uh, symbolizes uh, masculine characteristics such as facial hair, um, deep voice, um, a lot of muscle mass, um, and uh, it's responsible for many functions in men and women. Um, in women, which is our m- m- most important topic today, um, it's responsible for sex drive, energy, um, for sexual desires, um, and uh, it, it balances the other hormones as well. And we have tiny, tiny bit of it comparing to men. If we have too much of it, we will start having secondary sexual characteristics such as, um, or sorry, I should say male se- sexual characteristics such as facial hair, um, uh, deep voice, uh, a loss of uh, hair on, your, on our head, which is the, the boldness, uh, and more uh, body hair, um, and uh, a bit more muscles, which we can all do with, but you'll still need to exercise to get that. It doesn't just appear out of nowhere. 
So uh, to, to, sim to summarize it, it's a steroid produced by the adrenal gland and uh, by the uh, um, ovaries in, in women. And uh, it's got a very important functionality. Yeah, and a common scenario where we see clinically women having high testosterone levels is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Correct. Yeah. But causes yeah. of testosterone deficiency, uh, can you outline some causes? Of Definitely. There is many causes that mm. can uh, – um, well, first of all, menopause could be a very uh, important factor where our body is producing less hormone in general. Um, uh, hyper or hypothyroidism, where there's a dysfunction of the thyroid gland. Uh, any tumor in the adrenal gland can also lead to testosterone uh, decrease or increase. Um, so the entire body wor works in hemostasis. If something goes wrong, the body will compensate to fix it. But most of the times it may not work that way and you'll need uh, medical interference with pharmacotherapy, medicines or supplementation. The first step would be to actually find out exactly what's the cause of the abnormality, whether it's high or low. But yeah, this is just a short summary. There is much more we can talk about. <laughs> but I mean, we'll have to stay on the podcast the entire day. Mm -hmm. Well, I think an, an interesting drug to bring up um, that can cause a testosterone deficiency uh, is is the combined oral contraceptive pill because that switches Correct. off ovarian production of testosterone. But what it also does is it increases a protein made by the liver called the sex hormone binding globulin that then mm -hmm. binds the the uh, available testosterone, which then makes it less available and then can contribute to low libido in women who are on the combined oral contraceptive pill, which is a common side effect of the combined mm. oral contraceptive pill. And I, what I find interesting is that women stop when women stop the combined oral contraceptive pill, the sex hormone binding globulin can remain elevated and can contribute to ongoing low libido, which I find really interesting. Yeah. Mm. And uh, estrogen tablets can do the same, can't they? They can increase sex hormone binding globulin. Well, it's going to interfere with the balance between all the other hormones as well, isn't it? So when you have one opposing hormone, uh, it can be dominant. And that's why it's important to investigate the reason for it and try to balance it. And sometimes it's a matter of uh, providing women with supplementation until the body wakes up and says, oh, I need to make more of this, or until the body itself re releases the bound protein to the sex hormone binding globulin into the bloodstream and make it available for the body to use where it can actually um, bind to the receptors, the androgenic receptors around the body and uh, affect the change and produces the desired uh, effect of what testosterone is meant to achieve. It's getting a bit pharmaceutical, but um, I'm happy to answer any question if you like when it comes to, mm. yeah. <laughs> so over the years, you obviously as a pharmacist, I'm um, sure have seen lots of different types of testosterone formulations. Uh, my understanding is that there hasn't been anything really specific for women. It's mainly been for men. Is this correct? Oh, actually, that's not true. Um, as a compounding pharmacist, very often when I compound hormone replacement therapy, or even for younger women who have um, some low, certain low hormones, we make combination of either DHEA and testosterone, or it could be progesterone, testosterone, and estrogen, or we can go for the triads, which is uh, estrogen, estrogen, uh, estradiol, estrogen, and estriol. 
Um, so we tend to, depends on the um, a lady's level of uh, various uh, steroid hormone, we, you, we see combination of DHEA, testosterone, progesterone, and the estrogen and the one product. And that actually works wonderful for certain ladies who are menopausal and they're usually mid to late 50s. Um, because as you know, as we get older, we don't produce progesterone anymore because we're not ovulating. Um, and that can uh, create a gap or a, a vacuum and it could be filled by excess estrogen. So you get estrogen dominance. Um, and because the ovaries aren't as active as we get older, it produces less testosterone. Um, so uh, we tend to add it to all hormone replacement therapy, whether they're in, in a cream form or in a trash form, which is a trash is a literal uh, lozenge that we put it under our tongue and it dissolves um, and the hormone gets absorbed through the oral mucosa. So where do you obtain the testosterone? Where does it come from? Is it soya? Is it wild yam? What's the source? Yes, so uh, we we actually get it from compounding suppliers and uh, I believe that testosterone is extracted from wild yam. Wild yam is a plant um, found in uh, Mexico and some other countries um, and they extract it and it's a steroid, plant-based steroid and then they uh, do the chemical processes to produce the testosterone, estrogen and progesterone from wild yam. So the source is actually not an animal source, it's a natural plant-based source, which is very interesting because women love the fact that the uh, steroid hormones that we're using in our compounding is coming from plants. It's better for the planet, I think. (laughs) Mm. And so many things come from plants that are used in uh, pharmacy. Absolutely. Look at cocaine, for example. (laughs) (laughs) So... There's a, a well, it's not a really a new kit on the market, the Androfem 1% testosterone cream. It's been available for quite a long time, um, but we used to have to source it from Western Australia. But can you tell us the, the recent changes uh, in regards I to this? I think it was, uh, uh, it was listed on the uh, TGA, which means it's available to order uh, anywhere in the country and um, the, a doctor can prescribe it, a pharmacist can order it and dispense it to a patient. Uh, and it, I don't believe it's listed on the PBS, the Pharmaceutical Benefit Scheme, which means uh, the price might fluctuate between various pharmacies uh, and hence why um, it doesn't have a definite price. Oh, I didn't know that. So if something's not PBS listed... That means that each pharmacy can set their own price. Correct. Oh, that makes sense then, because I had um, yes. I had run around, run around a few pharmacies, and they were each giving me a different price. Yeah. So that's, and that's the, reason. the reason for it. Mm. Yeah, it's a privately listed, which means pharmacies can charge um, a discretionary price. I get it. Now, if we look at Androfem. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the packaging is kind of cute. It's pink. Hey, hey, surprise, surprise. Um, it's called Androfem 1 Testosterone BP. What does Testosterone BP stand for? What's the BP stand um, for? BP is the uh, British Pharmacopoeia, and it means the uh, standard of the active testosterone is uh, based on the British pharmacopoeia. So we either use the U.S. pharmacopoeia, the U.S. 
um, pea or the British pharmacopoeia to uh, extract chemicals and prepare them. And it means they've been analyzed according to a standard, and that standard is uh, BP. So very often you'll find uh, various uh, um, letters after the chemicals, and that's because um, they've been extracted according to a certain standard. And this is in this instance, the BP uh, refers to the British pharmacopoeia. So that's what it means. Interesting. And this uh, this uh, androfim also comes with a little syringe because mm-hmm. it's administered in syringe form. And mm-hmm. f- 0.5 mils equals 5 grams of testosterone. Is that right? Uh, that doesn't sound right. I will just tell you what's androfim. It, it sounds it's a lot. It's a big concentration. I will just tell you in a second what's the concentration of um I think it is uh, 1% weight per volume. Five which milligrams. Means in one mil, there is yeah, 10 milligram per mil, which is five milligram and half a mil. Yeah, that's right. So 0. 0.5 mils, yeah. uh, five milligrams of testosterone. That That's better. Five, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you been selling much of this at all? I haven't because most of the products I prepare are compounded. Okay. And I add the testosterone into other formulation. Mm. My feeling is that you'll probably get more doctors prescribing this as um, more people uh, become more aware of it. Aware of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, So how is it applied? Um, It's applied through the skin and we normally recommend ladies to apply it on a – the, around the hip where we tend to have more fat, uh, around our thigh, um, preferably around our outer thigh. And when we apply it, I always recommend the ladies to wash their hands afterwards. Uh, testosterone itself is a, is a, a lipophilic uh, drug. What it means, it uh, dissolves in fat. It likes um, fat. And That's a you, Greek word. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and and andro is a Greek word as well. Um, and as you know, the skin is a fatty uh, organ, so it's perfect for um, – and also the other thing, chemically speaking, all the steroid hormones are a very low molecular weight and they're highly, highly lipophilic. What it means, they get sucked in through the skin inside the, um, the bloodstream very quickly. So um, androfin is uh, made in a transdermal base. And what that means is when you apply it on the skin, the base itself will push the drug through the skin inside the blood flow, um, hence increasing the level of free testosterone that needs to act at various receptors and exerting um, a, a biological effect. So and being low molecular weight um, and highly lipophilic, uh, and that means it's um, fat soluble. And as you know, the skin is a fatty organ. Uh, that means um, it's very easy for that particular uh, drug, testosterone, to get through to where it's supposed to work. So when I look at the ingredients of this medication, they mm-hmm. mention it includes cetomacrogol 1000. What's that? Uh, that's one of the ingredients to create the transdermal base. Right. So you have few different um, ingredients, and when we actually compound, uh, we use a pretty, a pretty made uh, base. We don't actually mix all of these, but it does contain things like almond oil. As you know, oil is fat. Mm. Uh, vitamin E is a fatty vitamin E. And it's got other things to prepare the transdermal base, such as uh, butylated hydroxyhaloin or BHT. 
um, and it's got uh, an hydrocetric acid to create the right level of acidity. So these are all the little details that comes into pharmaceutical compounding or making a product because uh, even the Lola pharmaceuticals or Lawley pharmaceuticals, uh, the makers of the Androfam, uh, they also have to prepare their formulation in a lab. Mm. And um, this is how they can make a product from scratch. Yeah, it is interesting to note the almond oil and the vitamin E acetate. Mm. So it's got a bit of vitamin E as well. So does that mean it um, keeps the skin moisturised and maybe avoids skin irritation? No? Uh, not necessarily. Mm. I think they put it there as an antioxidant. As you know, vitamin E is an antioxidant, so it actually allows the cream to last longer. Um, and I believe there is actually one ingredient in it called hydroxybenzoate, but I can't see it listed there, but hydroxybenzoate is a preservative. Mm. So it might be working as a preservative mm. more so than um, to uh, make the skin. But as you know, vitamin E is a, a general supplement that our body needs to operate um, at its maximum um, efficiency. So like, what are the side effects of testosterone um, in Very women? good question. Yeah, um, uh, things like hair loss, um, and I'm talking about scalp hair, um, a headache, um, acne, a skin irritation as well, um, nausea, um, swelling of the ankles, um, sickness, you've got more body hair, weight gain, and uh, the irre- irreversible side effect of deepening of the voice. <clears throat> and that is irreversible side effects. If you um, have that, you may not be able to go back to normal. So, mm, Which is why anyone taking uh, additional testosterone have monitoring uh, with blood tests and uh, actually see yeah. their doctor to go through. Irregularly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So please, women out there, if you get your, your hands on this cream, don't apply it like crazy and uh, don't not see a doctor and don't not have monitoring. It's very important you have monitoring. Um, so what are the absolute contraindications for not using this testosterone? Why, why would there be an absolute no-no reason why a woman should not use testosterone? Well, the first reason would be if they're allergic to it. And believe it or not, as you know, our immune system um, it can change throughout our lives. And um, as a result, our allergies and sensitivity and intolerance can also change. If a lady is uh, allergic to it, she must not use it. If she's sensitive to it, we don't either recommend it. Um, there's other medical conditions that also it could be contraindicated for women to use, like um, cancers, various type of cancers, because um being a steroid hormone, it actually can nourish the cancer. But that'll be something that the um, lady should speak to her um, oncologist and her doctor and get better advice. Hence, we always recommend uh, for all the patients who get any medicine to speak to us about anything that concerns them. Um, even if they might think it's minor, it's important to discuss and clear it and make sure it's not something serious. Um, also, um, heart disease, high blood pressure, liver disease, um, they need to mention that to their doctor and make sure that's not going to be detrimental for their well-being, the use of testosterone supplementation. Because as you know, um, in general, men suffer 
with more cardiovascular problems than women. And that has been, um, research have shown to a certain degree, it's related to testosterone and its effect on hardening the arteries. Um, I haven't done further re research to find out whether that's actually been proven or not, because it's still one of those theories that require big <laughs> studies mm. and research to determine that. Yeah, we know a lot of studies in women are lacking for many things compared to studies in men. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't know why that is. That's discriminatory. Yes, it is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> um, anything else you wanted to add uh, in um, today on testosterone? I, I believe that if uh, patients feel anything, they need to um, speak to their pharmacists and doctors and be open and they need to feel comfortable asking any question because if uh, the healthcare professionals don't know the inside information, they can't help and advise. Um, and I just say to all the women and men out there, don't ignore your health. It's the most important asset that you have. So make sure you put it as your number one priority and always make sure you check with your doctor and your pharmacist whenever the opportunity comes about your health um, needs. Yeah, and I think that's also a, a good point about um, doctors making sure that they ask their patients the right questions about all aspects of, of health, especially sexual health, which, um, you know, a lot of women might be too shy to discuss. And I suppose mm -hmm. in, in a pharmacy setting, it might be a little bit weird and embarrassing for women to bring it up in public. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But actually, I thought I'd briefly discuss uh the decreased sexual desire screening questionnaire, uh, which can help doctors decide whether or not a woman should be on testosterone therapy. Um, mm -hmm. One question is, in the past, was your level of sexual desire or interest good and satisfying to you, yes or no? Second mm -hmm. question, has there been a decrease in your level of sexual desire or interest, yes or no? Third question, are you bothered by your decreased level of sexual desire or interest, yes or no? Fourthly, would you like your level of sexual desire or interest to increase, yes or no? Uh, fifth point, please check all the factors that you feel may be contributing to your current decrease in sexual desire or interest, and they may include a recent operation, depression, injuries or other medical condition, medications, drugs or alcohol currently being taken, pregnancy, recent childbirth, menopausal symptoms, other sexual issues you may be having such as pain, decreased arousal or orgasm, your partner's sexual problems, dissatisfaction with your relationship or partner, stress or fatigue. Uh, so it's usually that when is there is distress. Yeah, it's, it's distress. When a woman is distressed by her low sexual desire, um, that's when there is benefit in the treatment of postmenopausal women with, with, um, with medication such as testosterone. So it's, it's not something that is going to solve potentially a problem with orgasm uh, mm -hmm. or, you know, if you don't like your partner, it's not going to help that. It's not suddenly mm. going to make you look at him in a different way, but uh, I would I would uh, leave off with the the point of all the, the medical professionals out there to be open and ask the right questions for their patients. Um, this is actually those questions that you've got, uh, Tash, are really good screening questions that we could potentially use in a pharmacy setting 
to screen patients who might need professional, more medical help, and we can refer patients based on their answers mm. to uh, um, a GP for the referral to a gynecologist who so, specialises in, in those uh, topics. So th- th- that questionnaire I got from, bear with me whilst I look for that piece of paper again, because, of course, I didn't rattle that off the top of my head. <laughs> um it was extracted from a uh, an article written by Clayton et al. Uh, in the Journal of Sexual Medicine in 2009. Oh, wow. The, yep. gen- the General uh, Medicine? Sorry, what's Journal what's- of, of Sex Medicine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're, they're very, very um, yep. good questions. Yeah, and yeah, there's, just, there's just enough to screen people. So, uh, yeah, you might want to bring that up in your in your pharmacy. Could I have a copy of those questions? Yeah, sure. I can. Um, I can send you the reference. And then what we can. And I'll also put it in the show notes for our listeners as well. Mhm. Sounds good. Thank you so much, awesome. Adele. My pleasure, Tash. Anytime. I hope you've enjoyed this episode with Adele Tahan. Share this episode with someone if you think it will help or inspire them. I hope you have a local pharmacist you can trust and appreciate. Please subscribe to the Fanny Mechanic channel. And if you haven't already, hop over and give the show a fantastic rating. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Dr. Tash Fanny Mechanic, and join the Fanny Mechanic podcast group on Facebook. Let me know of any topics you'd like to hear, cool people like an interview, or books for us to read and share. Until next time, stay fanny tabulous.